0: section sixty six of the genius by theodore dreiser this librivox recording is in the public domain book two chapter thirty seven the best positions are not always free from the most disturbing difficulties for great responsibility goes with great opportunity but eugene went gaily to his new task for he knew that it could not possibly be much more difficult than the one he was leaving truly, Summerfield had been a terrible man to work for. He had done his best by petty nagging, insisting on endless variations, the most frank and brutal criticism, to break down eugene's imperturbable good nature and make him feel that he could not reasonably hope to handle the situation without Summerfield's cooperation and assistance. But he had only been able by doing so to bring out eugene's better resources, his self-reliance coolness under fire ability to work long and ardently even when his heart was scarcely in it were all strengthened and developed well luck to you witla he said when eugene informed him one morning that he was going to leave and wished to give him notice you needn't take me into consideration i don't want you to stay if you're going to go the quicker the better these long drawn-out agonies over leaving don't interest me there's nothing in that clinch the job today if you want it i'll find someone eugene resented his indifference but he only smiled a cordial smile in reply i'll stay a little while if you want me to one or two weeks i don't want to tie up your work in any way oh no no you won't tie up my work on your way and good luck the little devil thought eugene but he shook hands and said he was sorry summerfield grinned imperturbably he wound up his affairs quickly and got out thank god he said the day he left i'm out of that hell-hole but he came to realize afterward that summerfield had rendered him a great service he had forced him to do his best and utmost which no one had ever done before it had told in his character his spiritual make-up his very appearance he was no longer timid and nervous but rather bold and determined-looking he had lost that fear of very little things for he had been sailing through stormy seas little storms did not could never again really frighten him he had learned to fight that was the one great thing summerfield had done for him in the offices of calvin company it was radically different here was comparative peace and quiet calvin had not fought his way up by clubbing little people through little difficulties but had devoted himself to thinking out a few big things and letting them because of their very bigness and newness make their own way and his he believed in big men honest men the biggest and most honest he could find he saw something in eugene a tendency toward perfection perhaps which attracted him the formalities of this new arrangement were soon concluded and eugene came in to his new and beautiful offices heralded by the word recently passed about that he was a most charming man he was greeted by the editor townsend miller in the most cordial manner he was met by his assembled staff in the most friendly spirit it quite took eugene's breath away to realize that he was the responsible head of some fifteen capable advertising men here in Philadelphia alone, to say nothing of eight or more in a branch office in Chicago and travelling canvassers in the different parts of the country, the far west, the south, the southwest, the Canadian northwest. His material surroundings were much more imposing than they had been with the Summerfield company. The idea of all these men was to follow up business. To lay interesting propositions before successful merchants and manufacturers who had not yet tried the columns of the north american weekly to make contracts which should be mutually advantageous to the advertiser and the weekly and to gain and retain goodwill according to the results rendered it was no very difficult task in connection with the north american weekly to do this because owing to a novel and appealing editorial policy it was already in possession of a circulation of five hundred thousand a week and was rapidly gaining more it was not difficult as eugene soon found to show advertisers in most cases that this was a proposition in which worthwhile results could be obtained what with eugene's fertility in suggesting new methods of advertising his suaveness of approach and geniality in laying before the most recalcitrant his very desirable schemes his ability to get ideas and suggestions out of his men in conference he was really in no danger of not being able to hold his own and indeed was destined to make a rather remarkable showing eugene and angela settled into what might have been deemed a fixed attitude of comfort and refinement without much inconvenience to himself and with little friction among those about he had succeeded in reorganizing his staff along lines which were eminently satisfactory to himself some men who were formerly with the summerfield company were now with him he had brought them because he found he could inculcate in them the spirit of sympathetic relationship and good understanding such as calvin desired he was not making the progress which summerfield was making with really less means at his command. But then, on the other hand, this was a rich company which did not ask or expect any such struggle as that which Summerfield had been and was still compelled to make for himself. The business ethics of this company were high. It believed in clean methods, good salaries, honest service. Calvin liked him, and he had one memorable conversation with Eugene sometime after he came there almost a year which stuck in his memory and did him much good calvin saw clearly wherein both his strengths and weaknesses lay and once said to fredericks his business manager the one thing i like about that man is his readiness with ideas he always has one and he's the most willing man to try i ever knew he has imagination he needs to be steadied in the direction of sober thought so that he doesn't promise more than he can fulfill. Outside this, I see nothing the matter with him." Fredericks agreed he liked Eugene also. He did as much as he could to make things smooth, but of course Eugene's task was personal and to be worked out by him solely. Calvin said to him when it became necessary to raise his salary, "'I've watched your work for a year now, and I'm going to keep my word and raise your salary.' you're a good man you have many excellent qualities which i need and want in the man who sits at that desk but you also have some failings i don't want you to get offended a man in my position is always like a father who sits at the head of a family and my lieutenants are like my sons i have to take an interest in them because they take an interest in me now you've done your work well very well but you are subject to one fault which may sometime lead into trouble. You are a little too enthusiastic. I don't think you stop to think enough. You have a lot of ideas. They swarm in your head like bees, and sometimes you let them all out at once, and they buzz around you and confuse you, and everyone else connected with you. You would really be a better man if you had, not less ideas. I wouldn't say that, but better control of them. You want to do too many things at once go slow take your time you have lots of time you're young yet think if you're in doubt come down and consult with me i'm older in this business than you are and i'll help you all i can eugene smiled and said i think that's true it is true said calvin and now i want to speak of another thing which is a little more of a personal matter and i don't want you to take offence for i'm saying it for your benefit if I'm any judge of men, and I flatter myself sometimes that I am, you're a man whose greatest weakness lies, and, mind you, I have no actual evidence to go upon, not one scrap. Your greatest weakness lies, perhaps, not so much in the direction of women, as in love of luxury generally, of which women might become, and usually are, a very conspicuous part. Eugene flushed the least bit nervously and resentfully for he thought he had conducted himself in the most circumspect manner here in fact everywhere since the days he had begun to put the riverwood incident behind him now i suppose you wonder why i say that well i raised two boys both dead now and one was just a little like you you have so much imagination that it runs not only to ideas and business but ideas and dress and comfort and friends and entertainment be careful of the kind of people you get in with stick to the conservative element it may be hard for you but it's best for you materially speaking you're the kind of man if my observations and intuitions are correct who is apt to be carried away by his ideals of anything beauty women show now i have no ascetic objection to women but to you they are dangerous as yet at bottom I don't think you have the making of a real cold businessman in you but you are a splendid lieutenant i'll tell you frankly i don't think a better man than you has ever sat or could sit in that chair you are very exceptional but your variability makes you an uncertain quantity you're just on the threshold of your career this additional two thousand dollars is going to open up new opportunities to you keep cool keep out of the hands of clever people. Don't let subtle women come near you. You're married, and for your sake, I hope you love your wife. If you don't, pretend to, and stay within the bounds of convention. Don't let any scandal ever attach to you. If you do, it will be absolutely fatal so far as I am concerned. I've had to part with a number of excellent men in my time, because a little money turned their heads, and they went wild, over some one woman or many women. Don't you be that way. I like you. I'd like to see you get along. Be cold if you can. Be careful. Think. That's the best advice I can give you, and I wish you luck. He waved him a dismissal, and Eugene rose. He wondered how this man had seen so clearly into his character. It was the truth, and he knew it was. His inmost thoughts and feelings were evidently written where this man could see them fittingly he was president of a great company he could read men he went back into his office and decided to take this lesson to heart he must keep cool and sane always i guess i've had enough experience to know that though by now he said and dismissed the idea from his mind for this year and the year following when his salary was raised to twelve thousand eugene flourished prodigiously he and miller became better friends than ever miller had advertising ideas which were of value to eugene eugene had art and editorial ideas which were of value to miller they were together a great deal at social functions and were sometimes hailed by their companions as the calvin kids and the limelight twins eugene learned to play golf with miller though he was a slow student and never good and also tennis he and mrs miller angela and townsend frequently made a set on their own court or over at miller's they automobiled and rode a great deal eugene met some charming women particularly young ones at dances of which he had become very fond and at dinners and receptions they and the millers were invited to a great many affairs but by degrees it became apparent to him, as it did to Miller and Mrs. Miller, that his presence was much more desired by a certain type of smart woman than was that of his wife. Oh, he is so clever, was an observation which might have been heard in various quarters. Frequently the compliment stopped there, and nothing was said of Angela, or later on it would come up that she was not quite so nice. Not that she was not charming and worthy and all that. "'But you know, my dear, she isn't quite so available. "'You can't use her as you can some women.' "'It was at this time that Angela first conceived the notion seriously "'that a child might have a sobering effect on Eugene. "'She had, in spite of the fact that for some time now, "'they had been well able to support one or more, "'and in spite also of the fact that Eugene's various emotional lapses indicated that he needed a sobering weight of some kind, steadily objected in her mind to the idea of subjecting herself to this ordeal. To tell the truth, aside from the care and worry, which always, owing to her early experience with her sister's children, had been associated in her mind with the presence of them, she was decidedly afraid of the result. She had heard her mother say that most girls, in their infancy, showed very clearly whether they were to be good healthy mothers or not and whether they were to have children and her recollection was that her mother had once said that she would not have any children she half believed it to be impossible in her case though she had never told this to eugene and she had guarded herself jealously against the chance of having any now however after watching eugene all these years seeing the drift of his present mood feeling the influence of prosperity on him, she wished sincerely that she might have one, without great danger or discomfort to herself, in order that she might influence and control him. He might learn to love it. The sense of responsibility involved would have its effect. People would look to him to conduct himself soberly under these circumstances, and he probably would. He was so subject to public opinion now she thought of this a long time, wondering, for fear and annoyance were quite strong influences with her, and she did nothing immediately. She listened to various women who talked with her from time to time about the child question, and decided that perhaps it was very wrong not to have children, at least one or two, that it was very likely possible that she could have one if she wanted to. A Mrs. Sanifori? who called on her quite frequently in philadelphia she met her at the millers told her that she was sure she could have one even if she was past the usual age for first babies for she had known so many women who had if i were you mrs witla i would see a doctor she suggested one day he can tell you i'm sure you can if you want to they have so many ways of dieting and exercising you which make all the difference in the world i'd like to have you come some day and see my doctor if you will angela decided that she would for curiosity's sake and in case she wished to act in the matter some time and was informed by the wiseacre who examined her that in his opinion there was no doubt she could she would have to subject herself to a strict regimen her muscles would have to be softened by some form of manipulation otherwise she was apparently in a healthy normal condition and would suffer no intolerable hardship this pleased and soothed angela greatly it gave her a club wherewith to strike her lord a chain wherewith to bind him she did not want to act at once it was too serious a matter she wanted time to think but it was pleasant to know that she could do this unless eugene sobered down now during the time in which he had been working for the summerfield company and since then for the calvin company here in philadelphia eugene in spite of the large salary he was receiving more each year really had not saved so much money angela had seen to it that some of his earnings were invested in pennsylvania railroad stock which seemed to her safe enough and in a plot of ground two hundred by two hundred feet at upper montclair new jersey near new york where she and Eugene might someday want to live. His business engagements had necessitated considerable personal expenditures. His opportunity to enter the Balistral Golf Club, the Yearie Tennis Club, the Philadelphia Country Club, and similar organizations had taken annual sums not previously contemplated. And the need of having a modest automobile, not a touring car, was obvious. His short experience with that Served as a lesson, however, for it was found to be a terrific expense entirely disproportionate to his income. After paying for endless repairs, salarying a chauffeur wearisomely, and meeting with an accident which permanently damaged the look of his machine, he decided to give it up. They could rent autos for all the uses they would have, and so that luxury ended there. It was curious, too, how during this time, their Western home relations fell rather shadowily into the background. Eugene had not been home now for nearly two years, and Angela had seen only David of all her family since she had been in Philadelphia. In the fall of their third year there, Angela's mother died, and she returned to Blackwood for a short time. The following spring, Eugene's father died. Myrtle moved to New York, her husband, Frank Bangs, was connected with a western furniture company which was maintaining important showrooms in New York. Myrtle had broken down nervously and taken up Christian science. Eugene heard. Henry Burgess, Sylvia's husband, had become president of the bank with which he had been so long connected and had sold his father's paper, the Alexandria Appeal, when the latter suddenly died. Marietta was promising to come to Philadelphia next year in order as she said that eugene might get her a rich husband but angela informed him privately that marietta was now irrevocably engaged and would the next year marry a wealthy wisconsin lumberman everyone was delighted to hear that eugene was doing so well though all regretted the lapse of his career as an artist his fame as an advertising man was growing and he was thought to have considerable weight in the editorial direction of the north american weekly so he flourished end of section 66